Hello, and welcome to The Creatives Project, where we talk about all things photography, as well as art and design, travel, and just life. Let's jump in. Hello, hello. Welcome back to The Creatives Project. I hope y'all had an amazing Lunar New Year if you celebrate it. I'm currently in China for the month of February, and it's my first time being back here celebrating Chinese New Year and being back with family for the holiday. The trip has been very emotional, but much needed. I kind of expected this, and it's definitely a privilege being able to celebrate the holiday with my family for this much time. And I only have a few more days in East Asia before heading to Vietnam, so making the most of the time I have left. I'm also not been as active on social media and just shooting less while I'm here, but rather reading a lot of books, listening to a lot of podcasts about art and the creative process, which has helped me take a step back from the act of feeling like you have to create all the time and reflect on my own process, creative needs, and what rest means to me as an artist. I'm still processing this, and maybe we'll make a later podcast episode on it. But yeah, that's just a little life update on what I've been focusing on for this month. But for today's episode, we have a guest on the podcast, my friend Tony, who is an amazing photographer who moved recently from Paris, France to Taipei. Tony and I just met through Instagram. I feel like I've just been using Instagram a lot to meet creatives while I'm abroad, just messaging them and being like, hey, are you down to shoot? So that's how we met. We met at a creative park in Taipei and just shot some portraits of each other and also ended up going out a few times during my time in Taipei. It was super fun staying in the city for longer than I expected and not moving around as much as I usually do. I think I was in Taipei for like two and a half, three weeks. So it really allowed me to plug into the creative community while I was there and experience life like if I had lived there. And during this episode, Tony and I were also able to shoot in the studio as well. And we talk about the challenges of moving abroad, differences in work culture, also about Asian identity, talking about how it's been for Tony, who grew up in a predominantly white space in France, and how it's been for him to come to Taipei. So let's jump in. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Creatives Project. This is actually my last day in Taipei, which is crazy, but I met Tony a few weeks ago when I first got here, and we were able to shoot together a few times, and we shot in the studio today, and I'm here to interview him about his creative journey. So feel free to introduce yourself, Tony, and what type of creative work that you do. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. Uh, so my name is Tony or Antoine because I, I am French, uh, but, but, uh, but yeah, thank you for having me and I'm glad to, to have this interview with you and, and, and I hope that it will be inspiring or at least giving some, some information or good insight for, for anyone who is having this kind of journey of like moving, moving from his home country. So, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm Tony or Antoine and I'm, I'm French from Paris. Uh, and I'm a photographer, 
for, for um, maybe, you know, kind of like five years. And uh, I moved to Taiwan uh, 10 months ago. So it went really fast, but uh, yeah, 10 months ago. And, and uh, I am a freelancer photographer. I was, uh, I was actually having another career before for, for eight years. I was doing some real estate advisoring. And, uh, and since uh, September 22, uh, I turned into like a full-time uh, freelance photographer. And, and, uh, and from September 22 to March, I was working in Paris by myself. And then I moved to Taiwan to try at first to, first of all, learn Chinese because I have a Chinese background, but, but I wanted to, to move to Taiwan to learn more uh, and improve my Chinese before really working uh, in Taiwan uh, as a photographer eventually uh, later on. So yeah, that's basically what I do. Yeah. Thank you for introducing your origin story, Tony. So what first got you into photography? Can you walk us through like when you first picked up your camera and like who got you into it? And then how did that expand to you quitting your full-time yeah. job? Well, indirectly, I think it was my, my father because he's, I wouldn't say he's like a really like a passionate photographer, but, but as many Asian families, it's always someone who is into like all the IT stuff and like uh, electronic or like anything like related to, to, to pictures or images. So my dad has some cameras at home before. And so basically, yeah, we, we, my family are immigrants, uh, Chinese for a few generations. Like my, my dad was, was a uh, Chinese from Guangzhou, but he moved to, to Laos with family and, and do some business over there before going to France as refugees because of the, of the civil war in the late seventies, uh, eighties. And my, and my mother, she was as well, like, uh, immigrants from Guangzhou, but, but she, she actually is coming from Vietnam and then moved back to, move to, to France as refugees. So my parents met over there. And because of the war, like they, they, they didn't went back to their country for a long time. And, and actually the first time that they went back to Vietnam and Laos, it was a family trip that we had together. And I think it was the first time that I took the camera of my dad mm. to kind of like photograph and document a little bit the trip, because I think that maybe like unconsciously it was like, uh, like a family and like, like a way to get back to, to, to their roots. So, Maybe unconsciously, I thought that it would be a good occasion to pick up the camera and make some photos. Mm -hmm. And during the trip, I started to, like, to, I don't, I don't know, like, not even trying to make good, good photos, but just trying to make photos, like, the way I, I wanted to, to, to do. And I just have a vision that I had on, on, the, on the trip by itself, like, photographing, like, the, the, the building that they, they used to live in, mm -hmm. like, in the days, or just, like, photograph the, yeah, the hometown village of my dad. Mm -hmm. All these kind of moments I wanted to photograph, uh, but not really for the purpose of documenting, but more because I think that it was a good occasion for me to start it and to make some, some photos just for fun. So I think that that's how I, I got into it. But then with school, because I was, I was also sitting at the side. Mm -hmm. So I think I stopped photography for a while because I didn't have the time to do it properly. So I kind of like do it a little bit on the side. Yeah, was this in college that the trip happened? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. College and, and after college, I started to to to, I to finish my school, my mm -hmm. college years, and then start to work. So I didn't do that much, but then I I went through like like a, a ad of someone who was selling his film a camera. Oh, was it was a Canon AQL three? I like how you remember the yeah, exact. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, of course, but it was like I think because I, I was like, oh, that that's a cool camera. Like it was just like. Because it was really cheap, so I was wondering what is this camera. So I started to look into it and try to understand what what this camera and and you know like so like 
it was kind of like a way to to remember me of the of the trip in Laos, mm. Vietnam, because this the Cadenet QL is like uh, it was kind of like the Leica for the poor mm. back in the days. So I think that this was this camera was was made up to con- to be competition to Leica for people do, who don't have that much money. So that's a great camera. Yeah, it's yeah. a great great mm. camera, really heavy. So this big piece of of metal was looks really nice to me. So I made the guy and he made a press for me. So I bought it. Mm-hmm. And I started to shoot like uh, 35 millimeters, obviously. And I think it was a, yeah, the first rolls like were amazing. And, mm-hmm. and even if some, some, not like some, most of them were kind of like crap, mm-hmm. it was still, I, I still got this feeling of like, oh, I'm getting back to photography mm-hmm. and if it's good. Yeah. So it was like, oh, I, I, I kind of like it. So I, I started to bury more and more films, worlds of film when it was cheaper uh, back in time. But, at a attitude that a bit, a bit more and more and more, and I think it it kicked me back to photography, mm. and and uh, yeah, that that's how I, I got into photography uh, uh, for for a while, and then the the real event that bring me to do photography more like on a professional professional way mm-hmm. is because of this thing called COVID. There was like a, like a, kind of like a phenomenon in France because in France like we are not like racism is everywhere obviously, but in mm-hmm. France like. I think that towards Asian, it wasn't really yeah. the case. Oh, okay. Just, just like, it was more like a normal way to like have stereotypes, ideas about mm. Asian community, or make fun of us, or like just. But it was accepted by everyone, even us. Somehow we, because my family were like you know like we we're immigrants, so we wanted us to be like low key, uh, like to be just like the 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 nice and quiet mm-hmm. Asian guy mm-hmm. from my school. So they asked me, they just just don't do too much trouble, like just be quiet. So I think that it, it, for many people like me, it was a way to just settle down and like, uh, and like, uh, you know, integrate ourselves into the, the French community. So it was kind of like normalized to have fun of Asian, but not in a really loud way. Yeah. But with COVID coming up, like, I think stereotypes were more and more important. Mm. Just people thinking that COVID was coming from Asian or Chinese anyway, like people started to, to like have stereotypes and think that. Any Asian guy is Chinese, so he's actually the cause of the problem. Yeah. So I think that during that time, I, I was doing photography a bit more. And, and my friend, who is a, kind of like a, a writer, like just like not really professional, but just like a really good writer. Mm-hmm. And we were thinking about like doing the lockdown, about what we can do to help people, like with a humble way, but just like, what can we do to make something that can, can have just like a little bit of impact on the yeah. other issue yeah. of educating people? Because... First of all, like racism is racism, but I think for me, it's more like people who actually are a bit ignorant and they don't really know about us. Mm-hmm. So what can we do to, 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 to give information like, and educate them a little bit, again, on a humble way, because we are nobody to educate people, but just like to give information. So we're thinking, okay, maybe we can work on a project that can be like, I like photography so I can do portrait of people and you can write about them, their stories. So we started to to make a wish list of like people that we want to interview. So it, it, it was like actors, journalists, uh, anyone that is in a creative side of, 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 of the, of the, of the world, or like, just like any, just like one of the people who have their own story, who can at the same time educate or give information to people who actually don't know about the Asian community in France, mm-hmm. and also give people within the community, Asian community to just like stand up and like, okay, maybe I can do my stuff. I, I, I don't have to be, like my parents said, like the engineer, like a lawyer or a doctor. 
I can do my own thing. Mm -hmm. And it can be creative. It's fine because like, I think, I don't, know, I don't know for your parents, but they didn't tell me how to like, they didn't just tell me, just be engineers, fine. But just be a lawyer. Just like, yeah. Doctor, right. So that, 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 that was a way to maybe inspire people who, who are afraid to do their own thing, to do their own thing. Mm -hmm. So that, that's how I started. And, and doing that project with my friend, we, we kind of like, um, doing more and more like interview, maybe we did like 30 total like uh, interview uh, in France and it helped us to also to, to, to meet people like us because like within your, your, your circle of friends, like you don't really talk that much about actually how, how your parents came to France. Yeah. Like why, why, why they came to France, what it was like to grow up in, in a, in a French or white or, uh, uh, community. Mm -hmm. And, and it was for us a way to learn about people, but also learn about ourselves. So it was a really interesting journey for me. Yeah. And I think that doing that, so we met a lot of people who are creative and, and inspiring for us as well. And also it was a way for me to understand that at some point I wanted to do photography on the most serious way. Mm -hmm. So I think that after, after a while, people were kind of starting to tell me, oh, like, are you actually doing that full time or no? And I said, no, I have a full time job on the side. So it kind of like give me the idea, maybe I should just give up my, my job and just do photography yeah. professionally. Because I was kind of like getting bored of my, of my, of my job. Yeah. So I think, yeah, yeah, that's, that's a long, look, so short the way I started to be a photographer. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's a beautiful story. I feel like it was really inspiring that that project was like the jumpstart of how yeah. you ended up quitting your job. Yeah. And then just going back to what you were saying about just like the universal Asian, like don't rock the boat kind of mindset, I feel like you know, France or American immigrant, Asian immigrant parents, I feel like think yeah. the same way. Yeah, it's definitely the same. And I, yeah, don't know what it was like in France during the pandemic, but I feel like, you know, having that strong Asian community there, yeah. I feel like that must have been amazing for you to like spread seeds like that. Yeah, it's really inspiring that you, I like, it's, it's like, I didn't even know that in, in France there was, there were that much like people, like Asian people trying to be actors for example. Mm -hmm. uh, because in France, it's not like, like in the US, I think that the, the Asian actors in France are much more like, like there's not that much people, right? Yeah. And, and so we, there are really few people who are actually trying to be actors mm -hmm. or if they are here, we don't know about them. Yeah. Uh, like, so, so it's like, it's like this, doing this thing was kind of like me understanding that there's actually many people mm -hmm. in, within the Asian community in France who are actually trying to be like on the creative like world. Yeah, journey in France. So it was, yeah, oh, actually I'm not alone. Like I can, I can do my stuff somewhere. Like, you know, so I don't know how it was for you as well. Like maybe easier for you because you have so many people around you, maybe who are a bit more like into this. I don't know. Yeah. I feel like it's both. Cause in like the creative world, I do feel like it is mostly white because mm -hmm. like it's hard for like POC to be in that world at all. Just cause art is, can be such a pretentious, like yeah. inaccessible thing. But yeah, I feel like as you get more into it, it's like, where have you guys been hiding? Like, yeah, yeah, exactly, it's like, what? Exactly. There's actually so many people. And like, yeah. even starting this podcast, just interviewing POC, like, and hearing their stories. It's like, you've been doing this for years. Okay, next question. Yeah. So you were talking a little about like, what artists inspire your work when you were talking about your origin story with photography. Could you expand more about like, the artists that inspired you early on, maybe for your project or for your film yeah. photography? And how has that changed to like the work that you're making now? Yeah. Um, well, I think that 
I think that on, on my side for like inspirational people, like, so basically I, I do like photography on like portrait, a lot of portrait, uh, and I also like document, documenting stuff, like, like the trip with my parents, like, so I, I kind of like falling in love with document, documenting stuff. And, and I think that recently, um, if it's about portrait or about fashion, because I like fashion as well, people like Goldie Williams, who is like a French photographer that is really into fashion as well, but he, he has an approach of like photography, which is not like, just like posing someone and just put someone here and do photography on the side. Like, and it's more like he's trying to get more like an emotion. Like he does, he, for him, it's, not, it's okay to just have something blurry. At least if you have the shape of the clothes, the shape of the model, the shape of the expressions, just like the texture of the, of the clothes as well. Like mm. he's doing a lot of photography on that way. Just not like typical, like standing, like not moving stuff or like movement. It's yeah. more about like a feeling. And even like what he does, like, uh, like a workshop, it's more about like how the, the model are moving well, mm. like, and how about the clothes are moving in the space. So I think that Goldie Williams, it's, it's kind of, kind of like someone who I look for a lot, like on, on the, on the, on the creative approach yeah. to photography. And I think that when I started photography, as everyone, I was doing like really like the simple, like portrait, don't move thing or like, mm. but with him, this kind of photographer that, that who are going to like the, 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 the feeling and the movement of shapes in space. I think I'm trying to get more into it. Mm. So I think it's getting, it's, it's giving me inspiration to do like things differently and maybe unconventional like photography as well. Yeah. A bit more artistic. I think like not trying to, to give like what is actually reality, what is how the model looks like, but more like what, yeah, what the, in the, the emotion is behind. Yeah. The, more the, abstract. The subjects, more yeah. abstract. So I think that like maybe a portrait and fashion, Goldie Williams can be like someone I like a lot. And for documenting is actually like an Asian French photographer mm. who is a, he's a William Keo. He's an amazing photographer, documenting photographer who is a, actually, I think he's not even like early 20, but he, when he started, he was maybe 18, something like that. And he, he started to make some project about the, the suburbs of, of, of the Paris region. Oh. So documenting like how is the suburbs in France, mm. how the, the different like a community like who are actually immigrants mm. are evolving in the suburbs. And he's actually really at, at, at a really early, early age mm. and he already got into the Magnum Agency. So he's now like a Magnum Agency at a really young age and he's like Cambodian, French. So immigrants like, like me and my family. Mm -hmm. So he can... Like, I just he, got chills. That's yeah, nice. Yeah, like, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's like, you know, this young guy, he, yeah. he made it into the Magnum Agency mm -hmm. at, at not even 20 years old and mm -hmm. he's doing some amazing stories, like covering amazing stories. Like he also go like on, on, on Warzone. Mm. This guy, he's crazy. I'll have to look him up. Oh, you yeah. have to look him up. He's, he's like, he's, you know, like it's an, an opposite side to Goldie Williams and, and all the abstract work. Mm. Him, he's really like what the truth is. Yeah. But I don't know how we do, but the way he, he framed the, the photos, it's, yes, it's, it's the truth. It's just what it is. Mm -hmm. But the same side, the way he managed lights, the way he managed like uh, the geometry of space, it's at the same time really true, but also really artistic mm. somehow, but yeah. by the simplicity side of it. Mm. So kind of like extreme side of photography, I, I look to these guys a lot because they kind of like frame a little bit also my approach to photography. Yeah. So if I have to name two guys, of course, like these two guys are, are really like uh, 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 people I like, I like a lot, but also like I think that uh, because I studied photography, uh, with street photography, like all the, all the, all the, the pardon guys, 
who, who were like a, a French photographer, like street photographer back in the days are people I, 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 I got inspiration a lot when, when I, I started to, to like street photography. Yeah. Yeah. So these kind of guys are like fame and like, uh, like people who, 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 who were actually the first guys to like, I don't know, like he was like, he, he, Anywhere, anywhere you go in in Paris, like the 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 the, the photo the, the bookshop of photography, you can find those books of these guys. Mm. So it was really easy access for us yeah. and for me when it was really they're like the pioneer. Yeah, because you don't know anything, so you just go to run the book, mm. bookshop and you find these guys. And it was really like inspiring to yeah. start the journey. Very so, cool. Yeah, so. I'll link them below so everyone can check them out. Yeah, but that sounds cool. Yeah. What is street photography in Paris like? Like. You started shooting street in Paris, like when you were first getting into photography. Like, what is the vibe? Like, what is the energy? Obviously, the architecture is mm. playing a big role in Paris for me. Like when I started to do photography and street photography, um, I think that in Paris we kind of like have like a melancholic, sad, like gray mood. Yeah, that kind of like give you inspiration, but also set a mood. Mm. So it's 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 a way for for us to really. Start easily photography. Like it's 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 not really hard to 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 start because every, everywhere in Paris can be a subject for photography for mm -hmm. photography. Yeah. So the architecture is amazing. So I think it's it's like it's yeah. I think that the the the, the, the way to start is really easy that way. Do you, when you shoot street, do you usually shoot people or just architecture? First, it was more architecture and more like objects. Mm -hmm. But then, of course, people. But you know, like. I think if you, if I look to my first photos of people, like it was all people from the back. Yeah. You know, like, because I was scary. so shy to, yeah. to face them, you know, like, and, and of course, like, uh, maybe I don't, maybe it's because they, they know that I'm French somehow. Maybe I know that they can look to me like somehow I didn't really have the guts to, to face people and photography mm. them on like face to face. But, but when I'm in a foreign country, it's more easier for me to photograph people and ask people for portrait. Yeah. But in France, it was a bit more difficult at first. And I, because I'm, I think I'm a really shy person at first, I think it was really hard for me to ask someone to, to a portrait. Or, or maybe it's, you know, like, you know how it is, like you're in the street and you, you go to someone and you try to get the eye contact. Yeah, you know? yeah. And if you have the eye contact, then you feel that the guy is, or the person like, is like smiling at you or mm -hmm. kind of like understanding that, that you want to make a photo of him. Then you go, you go to him and yeah. ask for a photo. In Paris, is, is, I think it was the same, same thing for me. Like I wanted to have the eye contact first and like just do my thing. But, but at first, like it was more object architecture and then people. Yeah. Know, I think like, and also playing a lot with the, with the lights because on the architecture side, when you have some lights, like on it, the shadows, stuff like that. I think it's, it's, I think it's really fun to have, to have this kind of like shots. In yeah, Paris. that makes sense. Uh, so when you moved to Taipei, you were, you still shooting a street a lot and like, do you feel like it's different, like the vibe and energy you get from people like street in Paris yeah. versus street here? I, I think it's, it's different on the, on, the, on the aspect that it was all new for me. And, and for me, it was, yeah, everything was different. All, all, the, all the lights were, the light was different. The actually was different. Even the streets, the shape of the streets was, was, was different. The way people move around, for me, it was different. The way they talk, the way they, they behave. Uh, the way they, they look to people, they, they are, you know, in Paris, people are more like looking down, like, okay. and, and, and here, even if, yeah, people are looking to the phone or whatever, but so they are just a head down as well, but still they kind of like move around differently. 
you, the, the people are moving a bit slower than Paris because Paris, mm. like people are moving really fast. Oh, okay. So it's a different approach to, to, to photography and to photography. Mm. So you, maybe you have more time to make photos here okay. eventually. Um, and, and I arrived in, in the springtime. So I think it was easier for me to, to get more like, like even like nicer lights, stuff mm. like. So yeah, it was, I think when, when, I, when I arrived in, in Taipei, like the first week I shot like, like thousands of photos. Like, oh. Yeah, every day I was out doing photos. Oh, that's because, so nice. Yeah, if, I think it was a way to, for me to, to give, to get a new, like motivation and energy to photograph, you know, even more because when I was in Paris, when I was going freelancing, I was much more into like finding jobs, finding mm. like uh, clients. Yeah. So the photos I do were, were more like portrait and like branding and stuff like that. So mm. when I arrived here, it was more like, oh, I can actually get back to my roots, which is street photography and documenting life. So I think that, yeah, it, it was different, like on the, on the way, like how I spend my energy and how, how I look again to, to things. Yeah. Because I think that when you're used, used to your place for too long, mm-hmm. I think that you kind of like forget what is, what is nice to take picture of, you know, like, so I was, sure. was in Taipei, like, oh, this door is nice. Yeah. Like this, yeah. this, like this wall is nice. Like mm-hmm. this, just like flower here is nice. So I can take, I, take, I, take, I can take a picture. Mm-hmm. So I think that. This way, I, I kind of like refocused my, my approach to photography to simple things a bit more. Yeah, I agree. That's why it's so funny to me when people are saying like how nice New York is for street photography. But I'm like, uh, like I, I never want to shoot street there, even though like New York is like, yeah. I feel like a crazy place to yeah. shoot because like so much is yeah. happening that you can get like very extreme images. Yeah, but yeah, I understand what you're saying about like when you in a new environment. That's yeah. when you want to yeah, shoot yeah. the most because your eyes are open. Exactly. And then when I talk to, to, to Japanese people, like they, they, they look at my photos and say, oh, like I, I never really look to stuff in my city the way you look at it. Like, like this kind of simple things that I never approach them the way you do or like, mm-hmm. is, is it, because people obviously like it's the same for me in Paris. Like they would say, oh yeah, it's just Taipei. It's for me, it's the same everywhere. But, yeah. but, but they, they can tell me like, oh, maybe the way you, you looked at that street give a new vibe and I like it. Like, mm. So, uh, oh my gosh, that, that's so, like it used some, some extra motivation to continue like through photography and discovering Taipei and, and, and Taiwan in general. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's, it's always nice to have a new environment. For sure. Yeah. I'm just jealous that you came here in the spring because I'm here in January, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, and it's different. so cloudy. I just started shooting black and white because I'm like, oh, there's no yeah, use yeah, yeah. even putting color film in my camera right yeah, now. Yeah. But... Yeah, that's funny. I'm glad you're able to come when it was. You have to come back. You have to come back in the most, most sunny and, and and bright. That's true. Yeah. Of time. yeah, for sure. I know we touched a little bit about this already, talking about like the differences from Paris and Taipei and shooting street, but just like in general in like more commercial work. And as you've freelanced here for like ten months now, like what do you feel like are the professional differences oh. that you've seen? Honestly, I'm still, I see that I'm a bit new here uh, in, in Taipei because actually like I arrived in March 23, but I was mostly focusing on Chinese first because when I arrived to Taipei, uh, I didn't want to be like the typical like, like uh, expat guy who come around and don't even try to speak the language mm-hmm. and just say, okay, I'm a, I'm a French, I know stuff, I can, I can do my stuff here without even like trying to settle, settle down. Yeah. So I, I spent a lot of time trying to understand much more like how people actually behave here, how people live their life, mm-hmm. how Chinese people live here. And, and first of all, I think the language is the first thing because yeah, 
I learned a bit of Chinese when I, when I was a kid, but I forgot what's of my Chinese. So when I, I arrived in Taipei, I wanted to first of all get my Chinese straight and then talk to people a bit more and understand like how Taiwanese artists and Taiwanese people in the creative field are, are mm -hmm. doing here. So I think that in Paris, um, it's it's really competitive market, of course, because we like uh, like of course the, 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 the creative people there are really dynamic. The market like fashion, architecture, like branding and stuff like is really 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 dynamic. So I think that there are jobs for everyone in Paris. I think that that as long as you are good, you can you can find like clients. So back in France, I was more doing like a lot of portrait, of course. Um, um, portrait for actors, mm. uh, portrait for, for like, um, like hair, sa hair salon mm -hmm. or people who are, who are willing to, to, to have more like a branding photography stuff. So basics of like, like, uh, uh, food or like bubble tea or like any kind of stuff like that. Sounds uh, good. Yeah. 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 Course, like, I, I love the food, obviously. Yeah. So, so have, have, having the opportunity to work with, like with food and, and, and food, like, uh, people is always really nice. Mm -hmm. And, and I think that do. The, the, the chance, the, the luck I had to do my documenting project with my friend in Paris, it gave me the, the chance to meet people who are also, like, as I said, like inspiring, but also working in completely different mm. industries. Like it was, it was like food, food influencers or actors, as, as I was saying, or like journalists or stuff like that. So it, they kind of gave me the, the first step into photography and also the first step to find clients. So I think that my first clients were mostly people that I met through this project. So it was pretty, pretty cool. So I did that for, for like, through like maybe four or five months. And when I was to, to Taiwan, so I started, I started to learn Chinese first, but the chance I had is that, is that I, I actually moved into like a co-living place with, uh, with, within, I met some Taiwanese people, really welcoming, really nice as all Taiwanese people are here usually. And, and one of these guys, he introduced me to, to a, a place that that I bring you a few, few days ago, <laughs> who, who, where I could, I could meet many, many like uh, creative people as well, uh, like from actors to, to journalists to, to, to illustrators, stuff like that. So the, this, this art salon in Taipei, uh, I, I, I went to this place with my, with my flatmates. And, and in this way, I could meet some people here who are like, hey, I was saying like actors, like journalists who are making jewelry, who are silversmith. So I think that my first project I had, I have, I had here were, were much more into like documenting stuff. Of course, I had some look, so some, some portrait uh, work, uh, but it was more like people who are, who are trained to have memories of period of time. So they asked me so for some portrait for that, mm -hmm. or people who are trying to build their portfolio because uh, they are people who want to be, to be modeled later on. So I did some, some gig like this, but, but most of my work were much more into documenting life and documenting how uh, Taiwanese like people are, uh, are living their lives and starting by the people from the lair. Mm. So who are- The lair is so cool, guys. Uh, <laughs> yeah. if, you, if you go to Taipei, you have to go to the you lair. You have to go, yeah. Such, such a nice place. So it's an art salon. Art salon is, long story short, a place where like um, people who are willing to, to find answers to their, to their like problems or have inputs to, 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 to just like think about anything in their life that needs to be think about and be thought about. So, so it's a place where many artists come around to discuss like their work, discuss their problems and, and meet other people as well, like to, mm -hmm. to not then working, but just like have people in your life who can help you out Yeah. to, to, to solve your issues or just move on in your life. 
So in this place, I made some sort of the owners of the layer who are both artists, photographers and actors. So my first project was to document the, the background story of this place. So it was really fun. And, and these people are so nice that they opened the door to me who is like a stranger to, to their place and to, to learn about their story and the background story of the place, which, which was actually owned by like this, this Chinese military who went to Taiwan. Uh, after after like the revolution, cultural revolution in China, in China. so they they went to to, to Taiwan to, to settle down, and this place was renovated by these two owners and made into this art salon. So so the, this place made me meet like like singers like for for who I I, I work with like this what is this singer Jumbo, who is a, he is a really really talented like singer and and I got the the chance to work with him on like photographing his music videos, so stuff like that, or the Silver Smith artist I mentioned previously. And I got the chance to documenting, like to document his, his journey, like how, how he creates those incredible pieces of jewelry. So yeah, basically my work for the last 10 months was, so was split between gig of portrait and bit of branding and much more like into documenting because mm -hmm. documenting was always like uh, something I, I love and I want to do that later on. And, uh, and so, yeah, stuff like that. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, I love that. I'm really glad, yeah, Taipei has become a place and your life here has been, like, more revolved around that because right. when we were, like, talking about Paris and, like, comparing it to also, like, my few months freelancing in New York, it just, like, becomes, like, a treadmill of never-ending, right. feeling like you have not enough clients yeah, and just, like, ha having a more negative mindset versus here. I feel like the focus on documenting is like mm -hmm. reminds me of when you were first talking about your origin story okay, of like documenting yeah. your family's trip so yeah and I and I thought like like maybe because somehow in my head I, I, okay I, I like to be to do like some photography about like branding and stuff like that but also documenting is is really important for me but also like journalism because mm -hmm. the, the, the project I had my friends was kind of like linked to journalism as well yeah that's true. so so I, I'm trying to to find a way as well to to go into like a photojournalism mm. and, 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 and I had the chance also to, to, to meet some journalists here. So like, I, I hope that I can have the chance to show to people like in foreign countries that Taiwan is such a gem. Like, mm -hmm. like, like people don't know enough about Taiwan. Of course, people yeah. know Taiwan about like, because China situation, but they, they have to know about like the food is amazing. Mm. So yeah, so I'm, I'm trying to develop as well ideas about documenting food like oh, stories here. So, that's a great idea. Yeah, right. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I hope that I'm working on that. So I, I hope that I, will, I have the chance later on to, 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 to come out with this project. But yeah. documenting like all the hidden stuff that Taiwan have, mm -hmm. has like food or like the art, again, as artists, people, like the culture here is huge. Like the, 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 like the Aborigine culture is huge as well. Like because, because yeah, it's, it's an island. So. So there was a story before here, right? So, mm -hmm. so I, I'm trying to to learn more about that, and and, and later on, if 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 I, I can help a little bit about like just, like documenting and 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 uh, the the story of Taiwan, yeah, uh, I'd be glad to do it. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, I can't wait to see wherever that project takes you, whether that be like a zine or yeah, a book exactly, or like book, anything yeah. like that. So now we'll just talk about more your recent projects or assignments that you've been. Doing in Taiwan, I know we touched on this a little bit, yeah. but 
I guess in the past couple of months, like what's been like, yeah. give me an example of your favorite project that you've um, done. Back I was in, in France, like just before leaving France, I was working with a, with a, with a music venue. So I did a lot of music photos. So I was documenting a lot of live, live photos and live, mm -hmm. live concerts. So I was, I was really like into these kind of things. And in, in Taiwan, so I got a chance to photograph movie, music videos of my friend, uh, Jumbo. So, so I, I got to touch a little bit of that music thing that I, I love so much. So I think that documenting this guy and the, because this guy, he, he's like, he's a producer at first. And, and he's, he just started like, like last year and this year to do his own music for himself. So be around him and photograph his music videos and the filming set and see him like trying to, to step up with his own colors using, mm -hmm. I think that documenting that was really exciting for me. Yeah. I, I love that a lot. So I think that we're working with him, like was kind of like a good project for me and, mm -hmm. and, and stick in the music industry. I love that. So I want to, I want to stay in that as well. So okay. yeah, like it's just like. I think the way I say it is like, I, I like to do everything. Yeah, but, as but you should. That, as that, you that's, should. A, that's the truth. Like, I like to do everything. So I think the, this project was really nice. And also just before leaving France, I, I, I got the chance to be, to be, to be um, contacted by, by a friend of mine who, who was also trying to document the, the backstory of the Asian community in France. And for the first time in France in February, for the, for the Lunar New Year this mm -hmm. year, we, we, we had this, this idea of making a festival of, of Asian culture in Paris. So for this occasion, my, my friend who was doing also a podcast about Asian communities in France mm -hmm. asked me to, if I was available to photograph portrait of people in, within the Asian community to make exhibition during the festival. Oh. So I got the chance to be, to have a my first exhibition. Oh. Yeah, yeah, amazing! I yeah, feel like there's yeah. nothing like seeing your photos. That's there. that for yeah. me is like a milestone. Basically, mm. like, I, I, mean, I think I, I just realized that recently, but because I was so busy doing my stuff, I didn't, I didn't really have the time to step back and look to what yeah. I did. But doing this exhibition was kind of like oh, kind of like a small achievement. Like yeah. oh, actually, my work, my the portrait I did for 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 this for my friend mm -hmm. to portray like people from different industry. They were like uh, dancers, like. Opera dancers. Mm -hmm. It was like, uh, uh, like, a, like a chef, like sushi chef. So it was like uh, actors. It was like many people from different industry, printed out on the yeah. wall of the festival in this building, like and people moving around, you know, like the 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 the, the alley and, and look at the photos yeah. on the wall, taking pictures of taking it, pictures of yeah. it, like you know, like oh, and looking at the at the photo and trying to understand who are these people. Mm -hmm. I said like, oh, actually, I, I kind of like I'm helping them, you know, a bit. I'm, I'm trying. Somehow I help people as well to, to step up and, 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 and show who they are. So I think that, yes, this exhibition was definitely a, a, a milestone for me. Yeah. So I think that, yeah, maybe, yeah, like this project in France exhibition and maybe all the documenting stuff I did in Taiwan, like the, the layer, like uh, the Timber Smith guy. True, I yeah. I think it was like, was really nice and it was really um, like a mile, different milestones mm -hmm. for me. And also one small thing I did recently is, is I start to, to also like uh, go into teaching. So uh, I, I, I got one student oh. to who I teach photography. Okay, that's Bonnie, very Bonnie, exciting. You, you hear this? <laughs> Say hi, hi to you, my friend. So, so he, he's my first like student. That's very exciting. Yeah, so I think that, that, that yeah, that's uh, something that somehow is really important because I'm, I'm self-taught. So having the chance to, to teach a little bit of my photography to someone 
mm-hmm. and so and also see like how he does photography as well. Mm-hmm. Like in return, after after the the, the tips I gave, it's really like oh, it's meaningful, you know, like so like oh, actually, like yeah, he's just my my only student, but yeah. he's doing photography the his own way, but with my tips. So it's like I'm helping them yeah. also a bit. So like, oh, that's that's nice. I'm useful again. Like that's nice. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm sure you're giving mentorship in like other ways rather. Like not just photography, yeah, yeah, yeah. but also just mindset about yeah, yeah. being creative. Yeah, so, so yeah, being creative and pushing people to be creative—that's nice because, like, because also the thing about teaching is like so. I I give him my my tips and the approach that I have photography, but he's also a really creative person. So he does photography also his way, but with my tips. So I can also see how he behave, mm-hmm. how he is creative with his camera. And see this guy doing photography, it also gave me some tips somehow mm. oh, and some inspiration. It's like to a do circle. Some, yes, it's a circle. It's, it's a really nice circle because like you, yeah, you get inspired as well in, in return. So that's so cool. Like, yeah. I think that, yeah, that's nice. Yes. Amazing. Well, his name is Bonnie. Bonnie. Okay, Bonnie. Bonnie, hi to you, Bonnie. Yeah, <laughs> we're peeping your work yeah, after. Yeah, yeah. So the last question I want to ask is, you were talking about the move from France to Taiwan and you know you ran us through everything that you've accomplished here which is a lot in 10 months and how you found community through the layer and just personally in documenting life here um do you have any advice you would give other artists not just photographers but people like just creative people who are moving abroad or want to create art internationally well to this question how to how to answer but uh, i would just say that I think I think that my first one will be a bit dumb, but it's more like just don't think too much when you have an idea. Like like for me, like I didn't really think about how I could I could I could I would manage my move to Taiwan. Like even like paperwork or like just like how I would approach photography later on. I, I just thought, yeah, I need to go there because I need to have a new environment. I need to to get to get inspiration as well. Again, like meet new people. Like yeah. Just don't think too much when you have an idea, and you, when you feel that it's it's right, just do it. Like don't think too much. So that's that will be my, my first my first idea because, yeah, when you, when you think too much, it's like you start to think also about the negative things about about how risky it is. But if you don't think, of course you have to to balance that. It's like don't don't. Of course you have to to make the right choice, but at the same time, if you feel that there are more plus than than minus, just do it. Like I think that that's a, the, the right thing to do. And also, like, for me, in the more creative part is like, like, I would take a, again the example of, of my two, like, photographers that I like, Rudy Williams and, and William Keo is like, I think that the way I see photography is like, yeah, you have to show the truth and show how things are in reality. But at the same time, don't be afraid to, to show your, 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 your personal touch. Like, just don't, don't try to be like conventional, but just. Don't be afraid to to make mistakes and and make f- photos like like maybe like uh, without any sense. Sometimes I like just make make things like just try and don't be afraid to 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 slide from photography that's more realistic to things more like fictional and more like abstract. Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you will find the balance between what is your photography like balance between truth and not truth, like like reality and abstract thing. So this way, you can find your your own like photography. I think that that's how I, I see I see it and how I even know like somehow sometimes I'm doing 
stuff that really, really like realistic and sometimes really, really like abstract. But um, my, my, my mindset is always to find the balance between the two of them, according, of course, to what is subject, what is like the, who is the client or what, what is like the, the direction you want to take later on. So I think that, yeah, balancing things is always a good thing. Like, and, and as a person, like I'm always thought that I'm always like trying to find balance in my life. So, so I think that I, I try to apply that photography as well, balance, but without being afraid. <laughs> I love that. That's great advice, Tony. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Me. Yeah, I'm really sad our time together in Taiwan has also ended. We had so much fun yeah, hanging yeah. out this month together. And yeah, thank you for bringing me to the lair and Welcome. like introducing me to a lot of new friends who we also had the chance to be creative yeah. with. So yeah, thank you, Tony. Thank you so much. Thank you so much thank you for having me. And yeah, go, come back quickly to Taiwan.